Hey guys, welcome back. How are you? How's everybody doing? <laughs> so glad that you guys are here. So excited to talk to you today. Um, listen, <laughs> um, how have you been? <laughs> how have you been? How, how have things been going? Um, over here, life has been, it's been going as good as it can. I mean, I'm not terrible. I'm not like ready to kill anyone yet, but, um, this is definitely an adjustment and I'm trying to adjust. I think that my bit, I'm really frustrated right now just because I feel like my biggest frustration lies with the people. And I'm irritated that in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of, um, quote quarantine, um, people aren't really playing fair. People are not abiding by the rules. They're not abiding by the stay at home orders. Like people are making any excuse they can to go wherever. Like I work at a bank and we're so busy every single day that I've had like tension in my neck and like I've had headaches and my coworkers have had head some of my coworkers have had headaches just because like we're so stressed we're so tense like people are and granted I understand the first three days of the month like yeah it's the first of the month we get it um Pete those checks come in and so that is like kind of understandable but the rest of the days of the month like it should not it should not be as crowded as it is. And the line will be wrapped around. People are blocking traffic. People are blocking cars. So employees can't even get out to go take their lunch break. Like, it's ridiculous. It is downright ridiculous. And that irritates me. And it's not just because I work at the bank and, like, people are coming nonstop. It's the fact that, like, people won't stop coming over the dumbest things. Like, there are two ATMs at the bank that you can go to and make your deposit at. You don't need me to do that. There are two ATMs at the bank that you can go and withdraw at. You don't need me to do that. And furthermore, what do you need $6,000 for if you're going to be stuck at home anyway? You can't spend it. <laughs> so work is a little stressful. I'm a little irritated. But more than anything, I'm just irritated at the amount of people that I see on the road. Like, I went to the grocery store the other day. Um, and I mean, I tried to be in and out. It was, it is a little bit harder because for me, I eat differently than other people. Obviously I don't eat meat. I'm a pescatarian. I eat, um, fish. And even then I try to limit my fish just because mercury. Um, but it's a little bit harder for me to grocery shop when people buy up every single thing because now I have to kind of pick and choose and look over things. So that's been a struggle, but just the amount of people that were out when I went to the store, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, if you need a grocery shop, you go in the store, you get what you need, you check out, and then you go home. Like, it does not make sense for this many people to be out. Like, the town that I live in, when I went shopping this weekend, it was like, like, business as usual. Like, nothing's going on. Nothing's happening. It's just like, how do you expect to slow or stop the spread of this virus if you guys are going to be out and about every single place? Like, Go get what you need to survive and then go home and stay in the house. It's not that bad. It is not that bad. And we would not have to be in the house as long. Like this would be, this would lift faster if y'all would just stay in the house. That way, stay in the house, stop spreading. We can figure it out. But the longer you guys keep hanging out in the streets, the longer this is going to take to pass by. So that's just been my frustration. But other than that, I've been good. Um, school is completely online. So I've been trying to be a good student. I'm going to keep trying, so pray for me. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, if you couldn't tell by the intro, it's the same podcast, just a different name, but the name of the podcast has changed again. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do this every year, every season. 
Um, there's a reason why I decided to change the name of the podcast, and we'll get into that later. That's pretty much the biggest part of our topic, but we'll get into that later. Um, but I just felt like this was right. I felt like this was the right time, and, um, you know, I regret nothing, <laughs> but we'll talk about that. So let's jump into our word on the street. So I want to give you guys a little laugh. So most of these things are going to be pretty funny. So let's start with <laughs> some of these, <laughs> some of these are just, okay. So it says <laughs> a New Mexico woman was caught driving a stolen vehicle over the weekend. A new, I'm oh, sorry, a New Mexico woman who was caught driving a stolen vehicle over the weekend told police she was Beyonce. According to Las, Las Cruces Sun News, 48-year-old Serena Henry was arrested early Saturday morning after an officer attempted to make a traffic stop. A report says she ignored the officer and continued to drive the stolen vehicle until she parked in front of her home. The officer who followed her said Henry refused to give him her real name and claimed she was Beyonce Knowles Carter. <laughs> she told police she found the car keys inside the vehicle and decided to take it for a ride. <laughs> Additionally, Henry claimed she saw the emergency lights but decided not to stop because she didn't feel like it. Okay. <laughs> Ms. Henry said, you know what? I'm not in the mood. <laughs> I'm not in the mood. I don't want to deal with y'all. <laughs> I don't want to think about y'all. So, <laughs> tell you what. You want me to stop this car? You're going to have to wait till I stop in my driveway because <laughs> other than that, <laughs> I ain't stopping for nobody. Girl, What? <laughs> I don't even think that initially when I saw the headline for the story, I was like, no, this woman. Did. And when you see the mugshot, that's what's funny. Cause like, this is a, um, definitely a light skinned woman. Um, she's not like super, super light skinned. She's probably like my complexion. Um, and she has hazel eyes, you know? So <laughs> maybe if Beyonce had done some drugs and didn't do her hair, then sure, with no makeup, I think that, sure, yeah, they could, um, be distant cousins. <laughs> but child, no, she don't look nothing like Beyonce. And I'm weak. She really, <laughs> what's it, she was in New Mexico, right? And Beyonce's from Houston, and I think they live in, they, I think they actually spend most of their time in New York, which, Beyonce's a good wife, like, I have, um, I've had this conversation many a times with just close friends and like at this point in time in my life, I don't know if I would be ready to up and move to another state for my husband. Um, you know, I like being here. I like being close to my family. Um, my parents are older and so I like being, um, I like, you know, I like being here in case something happens. And even if something doesn't happen, happen, I just like being close. And, like, I think the difference between me and, like, maybe some other, a lot of other people my age, I won't say a whole lot, but um, I traveled when I was younger in my early 20s. So um, I spent years away from my family, you know, in other states across the country. Um, so I just kind of don't want to do that again. Like, I, I want to stay right here. 
and not right here in my hometown, but like I want to stay like right here in the state, you know, not too far away, no more than an hour and a half away. And um, that way we can just be here. We can be close and we can visit each other. But I am flexible. That is the thing about me. I'm very flexible. And so if I really did have to move, I would. But Beyonce is a good wife because she is from Houston and Houston is her home and her love. And I know she loved her mama and them. And she said, you know what? We moving to New York. We're going to be with my husband. I believe they have a place in LA as well, of course. Why wouldn't they? I'm sure they have real estate all over. But yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm pretty sure homegirl got arrested. And that was the end of that. <laughs> you got to give the stolen car back. Uh, it, um, let's see. Let's stay in Houston. And our next story yes is coming from (laughs) Beyonce's hometown I can't with the internet it says a Houston girl had a funeral for her gerbil and her family showed up and showed out to support her so let me paint this picture for you okay there's not much to read it's pretty self explanatory so this baby's gerbil died right so just picture the family has chairs set up in the backyard there's a little table and there is a hole in the ground and the little hole in the ground the table has flowers and stuff and the little hole in the ground is where the dribble is going to go so <laughs> oh this poor baby r.i.p dribble so this girl so okay the family is coming out of the house so most of the family has already gathered and they're already in the backyard waiting so the little girl comes out of the house decked up in a black hat and then black ensemble from head to toe. She's got like a black hat, a black tank top with a black jacket over the tank top and black jeans and black shoes and a black crossbody. Like she really going somewhere. And so they come processing out of the house. I think it's like an aunt or the mom and then like another like sister or someone, and then another little girl. And then here comes the girl and she's last. And they're like, come on, baby, let's escort you there. And her auntie or whoever this is got a wrap like over her head, like like a veil almost, but she made it from her head wrap. <laughs> Chat, why? Why did they make an obituary? <laughs> they made an obituary for the gerbil. <laughs> Let me, it says, Homegoing celebration for Mateo Baptiste Rucker. Mateo Baptiste Rucker departed this life on March 7, 2020 at approximately 8.15 a.m. Mateo was active and always full of energy. He chewed hay like bubblegum and ran across to see Marley whenever... Whenever the roof of the cage was off, Mateo loved the special attention Marley gave him when he greeted her on early mornings, squeaking as soon as he heard her footsteps. Although we were only able to love him for a very short time, Mateo will always have a place in our hearts. We will forever love and miss him. <laughs> Why she make an obituary? I can't. I can't. I can't. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you right now. Hold on. Look. They got the little girl sitting up here. I'm, I'm still painting a picture. I'm sorry. So we got the obituary. And then they got the little girl sitting up here. And she's standing in front of the dribble's grave. And she is reading. She is eulogizing. Her gerbil. Over here. Ashes to ashes. Dust to dust. But why? Why? 
Her cousin is reading a scripture. So the family's sitting in the backyard and the baby is eulogizing the thing. Her cousin, before that, her, the thing, the gerbil. Before that, her cousin read a scripture. And then the child is sitting in the front row with sunglasses on in her whole get up. And her family is singing his eyes on the sparrow. So the family is talking about, I sing. Somebody is leading the, fa- leading the song. Talking about, I sing because I'm happy. And everybody else in the background, I sing because I'm free. And the baby's sitting here looking like she want to cry. Her sister got her arm around her like, it's okay, baby. And then if somebody is in the background talking about, yes, sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, God. <laughs> and then when it was all said and done, they buried the thing in the backyard. Like they really are putting him down in the ground singing by and by. <laughs> and she, the child is sad, y'all. By the time they got done burying the gerbil, this baby is sitting up here crying. Her little nose is red. <laughs> Look, let me tell you something. When I have kids, um, you best believe we burying gerbils, hamsters, goldfish, puppies, whatever we have, we burying it. I'm not really a big pet person. I like animals, um, just not in my house. <laughs> but um, I'm gonna have to get over that because I know I'm gonna end up with somebody who has a dog. Roof, roof. Um, my my limit is two dogs, and that's it. Only two because I feel like one should not be alone. Dogs are like born with separation anxiety, like they come equipped with that. Uh, no extra equipment needed. Uh, equipment needed, and so um, I feel like it's best if you have one dog, especially if you work and you're not going to be at home all day. I feel like it's best that the dog has a friend, just so that they're not sitting there at home like sulking and like thinking about like where are you and when are you coming back. So two dogs is my limit. But yes, child, if my child has a gerbil or a guinea pig or a hamster or something like that and the goldfish and it dies, oh yes, you will see it on the Instagrams, the Facebooks. We are live streaming the funeral, okay, for Harold the hamster. That's right. We are having a whole service and I will be singing. Huh? 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 I'm going to be saying, what'd you say? I'm be- I've had some good days. Harry Hamster, we love you, but I've had some hills to climb. He was a good hamster. I've had some weary days. Ha! Huh. My sweet hamster. And... Come on and sing, girl. Some sleepless nights. And I'm going to be real sleepless without my hamster. But when I... When I look around, now hold on, I'm singing for real, and think things over. Harry, you were so good to us all of my good days. Mm -hmm. Outweigh my bad days. Oh, yes. I'll just say thank you for the time that I had with my hamster, Lord. I I won't complain. (laughs) Because God, let me stop. Anyway. Chad, I'm going to get up there. I'm going to have my husband eulogizing the hamster. He's going to be like, Harry was a good hamster and he lived a good life. But Harry was a faithful hamster. He served God every day. He lived every day like it was his last. And we know Harry's in a better place. He done gone to see the Lord. He's at the feet of Jesus. 
Yes, get ready, get ready, because when my baby's gerbil dies or her hamster or whatever, I am having a service. And you know what? You ready for this? I might just invite y'all. Mm-hmm. I might go ahead and put out invitations and, and send y'all an invite and make sure that you get a spot at the funeral because I want you there. I want you to be there and, and celebrate the life huh, of my baby's hamster. Hmm. What y'all think about? No, too much. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I wanted to make you laugh because these next two stories are going to have you like, what? <laughs> so it says, let's, and we're going to get somber and then somber. So <laughs> this next story is coming to you from Florida. No, Houston. We're staying in Houston. Lord, everything's happening in Houston. So it says, boy left behind on field trip that mother did not sign permission slip for. Hmm. It says, hold on. A Houston mother wants answers after her three-year-old son was left behind on a field trip that he was not supposed to be on. ABC News reports three-year-old Carter Williams attends a Head Start program at Thompson Elementary School and went on a field trip with his class to the Houston Livestock and Rodeo last week. A good Samaritan found Carter at the rodeo and returned him to another class from the school who was also on the field trip. His mother, Kelsey, said her son was not supposed to be on the trip because she never signed the permission slip and was told about the incident a few days later. Oh, no, ma'am. Let me tell you something. H.W. Bowles, if you don't know who that is, that's my mother. Pastor H.W. Bowles. She, first of all, y'all better hope, y'all better hope that she don't find out that I went on the field trip. If she didn't sign the permission slip, y'all better hope she never finds out that I went on the field trip because she would, first of all, she would flip for the mere fact that I ended up on this field trip that she didn't sign the permission slip for. That's number one. My phone is in here acting up. <clears throat> That's number one. She would be like, and a ma'am. Number two would be if she found out that y'all waited three days to tell her that you lost me on a field trip that I wasn't supposed to be on in the first place. Oh, that would be the end of that. H.W. Bowles would tear the school down. She would be in there fussing, hollering. Oh, no, not my baby. My baby out here. She's supposed to be getting an education. And y'all want to take her on field trips that I didn't say she could go on and lose her? The devil is alive. Mm-hmm. 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 I would just like to say, so she did an interview um, and, um, you know what I might do is when I post this podcast is I'll, what I'll do is I'll add these stories to my, um, Insta story. That way you guys can go and click and take a look and watch the videos and read for yourself as well. But, um, the interview, she seemed like she was pretty chill. She was pretty calm, but I could tell that she was like, first of all, how could you not be hurt? How could you not be scared and upset? Sorry, y'all. I had to take a sip of my water. My throat getting dry. Um, that was so ugly. Getting dry. <laughs> um, I could. I can't. I can't imagine it. I cannot imagine. I can't imagine being the kid who gets left behind. I can't imagine being the parent. Um, they always say you get it back ten times worse with your child. So the way that I'm thinking that my mom would flip if that was me or my sister, I'm thinking that I would be ten times worse. In fact, I'm thinking that my sister would be 10 times worse. Like, I, 
it couldn't be me. It, it couldn't be me. And who, like, so we checked these things. Like, I know when I worked at a private school, like, when we went on trips, we checked those slips, like, 10, 12, 14. We went, that was something my supervisor and I went over and over and over. We made sure, in fact, I had a binder that I took with me on every trip, and I would check the trip, the binder, um, I would check waivers, permission slips, um, medical forms, just to make sure, like, my coworkers and I, our co-counselors when I was at the summer camp, like, we would sit there and go over everything first before we left. So if we didn't have something signed, or if we didn't have something for one kid, we, like, we weren't leaving until we either got it or that kid wasn't going with us. Like... So I can't imagine how this happened. <laughs> if you're doing your job. Okay. This is why a lot of people homeschool their kids. I feel that. <clears throat> so moving on. Let's talk about love and hip hop. So how many of y'all know Alexis Sky with two eyes? Alexis Sky. <laughs> Alexis Skye is Fetty Wap's other baby mama. So Masika, she was the first. Uh, well, she's not the first. She's not the first. She's not the first. She's the first that we know. Um, well, from Love and Hip Hop, she was the first. So Masika had a baby with Fetty Wap. That baby's cute, too. And then Alexis Skye turned around and had a baby with Fetty Wap. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Alexis Skye opens up about being the victim of sex trafficking in the upcoming season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. So it says, um, it looks like Alexis Sky will be opening up about her experience being a victim of sex trafficking in a trailer for the upcoming season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta. Alexis speaks out about the struggle she went through and she elaborates on her Instagram caption. So, whew, chow. I'm gonna read this. So she posted, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta this season is a really big season for me. For the first time ever in my life, I'm opening up about my traumatic human trafficking experience I went through as a little girl. I never in my life planned on saying anything until one day I mentioned part of it and so, so, so many young girls reached out to me about them currently going through the same thing and having similar stories. It's so sad and so important. You talk to, love, guide, and caress your children. Caress? Okay, okay. Um, every day, I'm attacked, judged, and accused of lying. All because I've never spoken on my story before. Okay, I'm gonna stick a pin there. I'm gonna keep coming back. Okay, mental pin. All because I've never told my story before. But what nobody knows is I still to this day haven't told my mom, my grandmother, or none of my immediate family. I've been so afraid for many years to talk about any of it specifically in fear of possible revenge harassment and lord knows what else i was only 15 years old when i was kidnapped and forced into human trafficking by a guy 20 years older than me every single day for two months he would beat on me threaten to kill me my family etc multiple times he held a loaded gun to my face abused and raped me also forcing me to have sexual intercourse with who would pay it's so much stuff i've been through as a young girl that nobody knows this season will be the first time my mother dad and all my other family will hear about this for so many years i didn't know how to tell my family about this but after hearing so many similar stories um so many stories similar to my own i got to be a role model to these young girls if it's something i can say or do that will help help or save some of these girls from making 
the mistakes I did and help bring awareness to the danger these girls face. I have to face my fears. I was a very young girl who was taken advantage of and abused. Many nights, many nights, I, I just knew that the end was near. But by the grace of God, not little G, you better fix that. The big, big G, the big, big G God. Uh, uh, my God is a big G God, not a little G. I don't know who you're serving, but my God in heaven, uh, big G. By the grace of God, I was saved and rescued from this man, from a guy I've never been able to see again or think. I don't really want to speak too much on it right now because I really want you all to tune in, tune in to Love and Hip Hop Atlanta and to and get to understand me so much more understand my pain my growth and what I've been through I want to give a huge thank you to Steph Mona Paris Jacinda and whoever else that's the end of it um so I don't know who um helps her manage her social media but I need them to start proofreading things before she puts them out thank you um that was really hard to read <laughs> we just gotta proofread things good English good English but um first of all I just want to go back to something she said. She said the people have accused her of lying about this because she never spoke about it. I can first, that makes my blood boil. Um, I don't like that. I think that it is when you've been through something traumatic, it is no one else's place to try to tell you how to tell your story, when to tell your story. Um, yeah, it's no one's place to tell you how or when to tell your story. Like, you tell your story when you're ready to tell your story. And if you take that to the grave, I hope you don't, but if you take that to the grave with you, then so be it. But it is never, and it's never someone else's place to try to force you to tell your story. You know what I mean? Like, you, when you're strong enough, when you're ready, you tell your story. And so I commend her. This is her time. And she said she didn't even want to do this, but... I say this all the time. It's not about you. It's about the other people who need to hear your story, who need what, you know, they need your gifts that God has put in you. And so it wasn't about her. It was about the other little girls and the other young girls who needed to hear this, to know that they weren't alone, to know that someone else knows what they're going through and to know that it's okay. And there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a way out. And so I commend her. I guess technically this should have been a big ups, but I really commend her for that. And furthermore, like I get it because I too, um, and I'm not going to go into detail right now. That's a story that I have, um, there are three people that know the story. Um, I am going to say their names. Um, Kylie, you guys know Kylie. She's always on the podcast. My other best friend, Key, and I have a friend who I think she knows a little bit, but she doesn't know this, like the whole story yet. And my sister. My sister, Kylie and Key, they know the full story of what happened to me um, when I was in California. Um, I wasn't sex trafficked, but I did go through something similar. And it's just, I'm not there yet. I tried, I remember when I came home, my doctor knows some because I had to tell him enough, you know, because he had, I, I needed to get tested. So I came home and my doctor... Um, he examined me and I said, okay, before you start sending off like urine samples and blood samples, like I need to tell you that this happened to me and I, I think that we should 
we should test. And he said, absolutely. We're going to go in there. We're going to pap smear. We're going to do the thing. And he sent it off and it came back and, um, I'm fine. I had contracted like, um, curable STDs. Like he was like, I'm totally one, one, I think one. Um, and he was like, you're going to be fine. And I am fine. I'm fine now. It's over. It's done. Um, I was on the medications and they've helped and now I'm off the medications and I'm fine. Like I'm good. But I was trying to tell my mom about it and I just couldn't bring myself to tell her. So now she, (laughs) she thinks I was promiscuous, but that's not the case. And I just haven't been able to tell her. But, um, I will say that when I was working at my old job and what happened to me happened to me, um, I needed help. Um, because what happened to me was in conjunction with me also getting robbed that night. And when I was in California, like I had nothing like the little $60 that I made every week. That's another, like one day I'm going to, I'm going to tell that story because like somebody needs to hear it. But the, like the little $60 that I made, I got paid weekly from my commission job, um, that promised this great opportunity. But again, you just heard me say I made on average about 50 to $60 a week. That is nothing, nothing. Um, and so that $60 was everything. And I learned how to stretch a dollar. Your girl learned how to stretch a buck. And so like those $68 that I made for my paycheck that week, like that was going to get me through the week. That was gas. That was food. (laughs) That was, you know, cell phone bill. Like that was everything that was going to get me through the week. And, um, in conjunction with what happened to me, I got robbed. So my $68 were gone. They left me with five bucks and I didn't even realize what happened until I went to go get gas down the hill from where I was. And I opened my wallet and I was like, holy crap, there's only five bucks in here. And I went back and I was like, yo, give me my mother money. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. But seriously, I was like, back then I would have said it though. I would be like, give me my mother, mother, mother money. Like, I, yeah. So my point is, is that, um, I needed help. I needed help. I went to my boss. I said, yo, I need advance on my check that I'm supposed to get this Friday because I'm not going to make it through the week because all my money's gone. Um, and my boss was like, first he didn't believe me. And then what's even worse is that when things hit the fan with my job and I was exiting, um, the other, we were two offices in one space. So the, uh, the owner of the other office, he called me, he, I sat down with him and my boss and he came barging in. He didn't even need to be there. It was a private conversation that should have been between me and my former boss, but he barged in there and he was like, so he was like, just tell me what happened. Just tell me what happened. Like he was being so aggressive about it. And I was like, I don't want to talk about it. He's like, no, you don't get to have privacy. Mm -hmm. You don't get to hide things. And so he tried to force me to talk about it. And my pride in that situation, like, I just couldn't bring myself to cry. So, like, I gave very surface level details. And I was just like, we're not going to talk about this any further. Um, So I get it. I totally get it. And that's so wrong to try to say that she's lying because she's not talking about it. Sometimes you just can't talk about it. Sometimes you're just not there. Sure, we're strong. We're women. But... Sometimes in some moments, we're just not strong enough to handle some things. And that's okay. That is life. That happens. And we have to get to that point where we're strong enough to handle those things. And so it's good that she's able to handle that now. So we're proud of her. I'm proud of her for telling her story. 
Um, let's move on to big ups. So, in light, unlifting, let's talk about some people from the DMV area. So, coming to you live from Baltimore, Maryland, it says these HBCU grads. Oh, you know what? I didn't explain each segment, but at this point, if you can't figure it out, word on the street is your hot topics. Big ups. We are giving some props to people who are doing great things out here in the culture. So these HBCU grads from Baltimore created an ebook on how to beat Instagram's algorithm in 2020. Oh my God. I hope nobody heard that. <laughs> what was that? I stepped on something. <laughs> so it says for five years, HBCU graduates Jabri Jennings and Jawan Nicholson worked on a social media man worked as social media managers for notable companies, helping them grow their Instagram Instagram presence. In 2019, they decided to launch their own businesses and create tools for small business owners and other entrepreneurs to utilize social media's full potential. Their first product was. Um, caption any photo, a mobile app that helps users find captions for their next Instagram post. Once reaching 200,000 downloads, they decided to move on to their next project. After Instagram released their new algorithm, they began monitoring and researching how it operates, eventually combining all their findings into an ebook on how to outsmart Instagram and gain new followers. Um... So that's really cool. Um, I think a lot of people are out here trying to grow, you know, Shane, trying to grow, trying to grow, trying to glow. <laughs> and um, that's dope. I think that's really dope. I think that um, Instagram definitely, definitely, definitely tries to screw influencers over 100%. I definitely think they do. Um, I think that unless you are someone with 30,000, 20,000 or a hundred thousand plus followers, like they definitely make it hard for you to grow your brand, to grow your audience. Like you really, you really have to rely on when, especially when you're starting up, you really have to rely on, I wouldn't even say promotions because honestly, sometimes depending on how, if you don't do your promotions right, like you're not going to get the right audience. Like you'll get a lot, a lot of likes on like maybe like some whatever you promote you might get a lot of likes but then like it won't it may not bring you any more followers it might just bring you lots of likes and if you're a girl and you promote like a nice picture of yourself like you're more than likely going to get a lot of they'll send it out there but they're going to send it to creepy guys that you have no interest in who are going to like it just because they think you're hot and they're going to comment and it's going to be like ew <laughs> but um they do make it hard. And so really when you're starting out, you have to self-promote, definitely put yourself out there, share your stuff on all of your platforms and share it with people you go to work with, people you work with, people you go to church with, people you go to school with. And you really have to rely on those people close to you, family, friends, classmates, coworkers, um, who are behind your brand and who you shared your brand with like you really have to rely on them like sharing liking liking your stuff commenting on your stuff and sharing it with the people around them like that's what helps starting influencers grow so anybody out there who has an influencer who's 
influencer friend or coworker, someone in their life who's just starting out, if you want to help them grow, the best way for you to do it is to just share their stuff. Like, it's not going to kill you to share the, what they, their post on your Insta story and tag them. It's not going to kill you to engage in their stories when they put up a question like, oh, what's everyone doing today? Like, it's not going to kill you to share their podcast with other people and be like, this episode really hit me or I think I think you would benefit from this episode like and it really helps them so that's what they have to rely on so that's nice that um they did that that's really cool that's really cool so big ups to the boys our next big ups goes to a hairdresser it says hairdresser speaks love and light into a four-year-old girl after she looked in the camera and said I'm so ugly so this lady aww this lady, um, this hairdresser, I don't think, is this a story? Oh, here we go. It says, a lot of people grow up with many insecurities that range from their physical likeness to everything in between. A four-year-old girl was getting her hair done on Instagram Live, and she looked into the camera and said, I'm so ugly. The heartbreaking moment resulted in a beautiful conversation her hairdresser followed up with. She reassured our little sis that she was beautiful and encouraged her to start thinking that way of herself, too. This is a teaching moment that reminds us to continue to build up our young kings and queens so they can grow up with self-love. Yeah, it was so sad. So my friend sent this to me. Ooh, chat. And I almost cried when I watched it. I was like, oh my God. Because I was that little girl. Shoot, I was that girl as a teenager and an adult. And so she's doing the baby's hair. And um, she's looking in the camera. And it's what's crazy is that like you can tell like I don't think that that little girl realized what she was saying. She just looked at the camera and she was just like... I'm so ugly and she immediately stopped she's like holding her hair I guess she's fixing her dreads and she's holding her hair and she was like <gasps> she's like don't say that about yourself don't say that and like oh see now I'm watching the video oh yeah she was like don't say that about yourself she's like you're beautiful you are beautiful like, and she just told the baby that she was beautiful and when she told her that she was beautiful the little girl just started crying and so she stopped doing her hair and she held her and hugged her and she just told her she was a pretty little girl and she was so beautiful and she has pretty chocolate skin and she needs to, you know, she told her not to talk bad about herself, to love herself. And so I thought that was really sweet. Um, and this is, to just paint a little background, this is a little dark skinned girl. So she's very, very chocolatey and a lot of little dark skinned girls definitely grow up feeling like they're not pretty like they're not good enough they're not as pretty as the light-skinned girls and like they're the main ones that these fools want to be out here calling bulldogs because they don't look biracial like that no ma'am no sir so I thought that was so sweet and um shame on whoever's been around that girl because my friend said it and like I totally agree but um someone has been telling that child that she's ugly somebody has either been saying that to her or saying that around her for her to hear that she's ugly for her to just come out and say that so no ma'am no sir y'all don't need to be around that baby no more <laughs> um but yeah that was really sweet and um we uplift all the babies all the little babies all of them they need love and we should speak love and light into them because you never know how it's going to impact them as they grow up and had this hairdresser this was her moment this is not this child's mother I don't think this is her aunt or anything like that like I think this is just the hairdresser and like this moment right here could change this little girl's life forever like where she could have grown up hating herself now she can grow up loving herself 
So big ups to the hairdresser. Um, our last big ups is going to go to a rapper. I think he was also on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta with his wife, Tammy. Waka Flocka. Yes, sir. Waka Flocka is, um, he's done with rapping and he apparently had always planned on quitting rapping. So it says, Waka Flocka, Waka Flocka Flame simply lost interest in rap music a long time ago. As far as he can, he's concerned, he and his crew are good. They're all eating well. They're all off the streets. In fact, one of his partners who used to be about that life is now operating behind the pulpit. Oh, subsequently, Waka believes he has nothing left to do in the rap game. This is without precedent for superstar rappers. Andre 3000 of the legendary pioneering Southern rap group Outkast, shout out to Mississippi, repeatedly told the press in the new millennium that he no longer wanted to rap. And since the explosion of his partner Big Boy's diamond-selling Grammy-winning album Speaker Box slash The Love Below in 2003-2004. Y'all remember that album? Speaker Box, Love Below? Let me refresh your... If you don't remember that album, let me refresh your memory. Caroline, Caroline, Caroline only got one thing she mighty fine, mighty fine, mighty fine only got you somewhere at the time. Yes. Yes, it was that album. <laughs> Andre Benjamin has rarely returned to the studio. In fact, he rarely even makes public appearances. That is true. Or does interviews. Also true. Save the reunion concert. Save the reunion concert he and Big Boy put on for fans a few years back. Okay. Waka Flocka born Jaquin James. Jaquin? Let's go with that. Jaquin James Malfers, 32 years ago in the South Jamaica section of Queens in New York City, sat down with TMZ to speak on his career, and he revealed that he left rap music behind a while ago. He said, I've been gave it up. The round of applause and no hands rapper responded when he was asked, when he was asked, was he going to give up rapping? Ask my wife, he continues, as wife fellow reality star Tammy Rivera nodded in agreement next to him. They both starred on the popular show, yeah, I was right, loving hip-hop Atlanta. For several seasons before embarking on a spinoff reality show, I didn't know that. I don't want to rap, he said. How did the love for love die out for Flocka? He said, I did what I came to do. I made past I made past thirty million. Everybody that I started with is rich. Everybody's happy. Everybody's got kids. My right hand man that was running the streets with me is a pastor. Aw. Life changed for me. People want me to be hard in the paint. Why? I'm thirty two years old and I'm a grown man. Flocka said he's into the continual reconciliation of healing of his relationship with his wife and hints that he wants to add to the family. I just want to be a good husband. I'm about to make a baby next year. Oh, <laughs> tell Tammy you're about to make a baby. Cause <laughs> yeah, so I think that's dope. I think that's, and I think I'm pretty sure it was Waka, but I remember, um, like last year, I guess, um, some of, some of the old gang buddies, they were trying to, I guess they were trying to say something. And he got on Instagram live and he was like, yo, I'm not in the game. I'm not in the game. I'm not about that life. I don't live in that area anymore. Like, leave me alone. I am a father. I am a husband. And I'm not, I'm not about that life. Like y'all can go gangbang by yourselves, but leave me out of it. And so I thought that was really dope. I think a lot of these rappers are just like, let's just, you know, I think of it when I think of male, well, rappers in general, I think about, um, that scene, if you've ever seen the show Power, and Ghost is talking to Tommy, and he's like, 
man, when have you ever met an 80-year-old drug dealer? Because Ghost, so Ghost wants to get out of the game. He's done. He and Tommy are like big time dealers, like rich, 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 rich. Ghost, Ghost's kids, Tommy has no kids, but Ghost's kids, he's, they are in like the nicest private school in New York. And, um, he wants out of the game. He wants to be a legitimate businessman. He opened a club that was a front, it was a club, but it was also a front for his drug money. I mean, his drug business. And he wanted to stop running that stuff through his club and just be a little bit legitimate business owner and open other clubs and be able to support his family off of that legit money and Tommy wasn't about that life but I think about that like how many 80 year old rappers do you know like how many old how many 80 year old drug, drug dealers do you know like that is I agree like that's not a sustainable life like um it's not sustainable so I get that. And I commend him. Like, his family is more important. And he's been investing, too. He's been doing things. He's been trying to be, like, a businessman. He's been trying to get things going. I think he has some some things in the works. I don't know them all because I don't be following people like that. <laughs> but um, he does have, like, some investments and things like that. So he is trying to be a businessman. Um, and that's good. That's dope. He wants to be there for his family. And that's amazing. I commend that. And that's awesome because, again... Who wants to continue to go on tour at 50, 60, 70 years old when they can be home spending time with their family, watching their kids graduate, watching their grandkids come into the world? So big ups to Waka, doing right by his family. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and take a quick break right here, and then we're going to come back with a new segment and get into the topic. All right, so we're back. <laughs> And um, we got a new segment for you. So this is called the flavor in your ear. It's called flavor in your ear. So um, if you don't know, that's that's an old rap song. That's a 90s rap song right there, right there. Look it up. But yeah, this is called flavor in your ear. So basically, um, this segment is about music. And this is going to happen to... This is going to... I think part of this will be part of the um, topic, but... This segment right here is just about, like, what I'm listening to right now. I'm going to give you two songs. I had to narrow it down because I love music. So I just had to narrow it down to, like, two songs I'm really just, like, that are on repeat. I love, 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 love. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to tell you what I'm listening to and um, why I love it so much. So my first song is I Been by Ari Lennox. That song, first of all, that song is just so soulful. It's so soulful. Now, when she gets to talking at the end, I'm like, okay, let's move on. But um, it's so soulful. And um, the only thing is, I wish that Spotify had a clean version. But um, you know you got to fight to get a clean version of anything nowadays. Uh, but it's fine. It's still good. It's so good. It's so soulful. And it's just, uh, I just love the rhythm. And she be singing. And, like, it kind of has, like, this oldie feel to it. Like, when she's doing, like, the, I've been smoking purple. When she does like that, like I'd be in the background like, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's really soul. It's really soulful. I like it. I like it. It's good. It's good to ride up the road to. And, um, I like it. It takes me back to a different time, different time, different place. <laughs> um, another song that's like similar in the soul that I really like too, that's kind of tied with I've been is it's called borderline by baby Rose. I think that's who it's by. That song is nice. I like that. Just the piano and it's it reminds me of um what is her name? 
Are you down? Did it down? Did it? Marion Hill. It reminds me of that. Like when that song came out, like the. I love some. I love a good, good soulful, good vibey song, and that song is definitely a vibe. Um, and it's real too. She's like, I'm having the worst luck on Tinder. Like it is real. So I love that. Go check it out if you are into the vibe. If you're into something, if you need something a little soulful in your life, go check out "I've Been" by Ari Lennox. Um, next song that legit, I'm trying not to wear it out because I love it and I want to play it for my kids. Um, <laughs> it's called The Blessing. <laughs> Kylie's probably cracking up. As soon as she heard me say that, she's probably like, mm-hmm, laughing <laughs> at me. Um, it's called The Blessing by Elevation Worship and Kari Job and her husband, uh, Chris, not going to mess up his last name because I don't know it. <laughs> uh, Elevation Worship is Pastor Stephen Furtick, um, Elevation Church, pastored by Pastor Stephen Furtick, as well as other pastors. Um, it's their worship team their worship band and um they do their own songs and that song let me tell y'all so one of my friends she posted like part of that song on instagram and i was like and this looks kind of corny they were like because when i saw the video like i really couldn't make out what they were saying and all i just heard was like drums and like guitar and like think about it from my point of view it's a bunch of white people running around on stage it's what it looked like and i was like this is not going to be for me (laughs) And then I asked her what the name of the song was and she told me and I couldn't find it on Spotify because it wasn't out on Spotify yet. So I came across it on YouTube one day and I was like, let me watch this. And I watched it and I was gone. I broke down in tears. It was so, it's so good. It's so real. Like, and it's straight from scripture too. That's what's so amazing about it. Like they took that song straight from scripture. And like when Kari Job said at the beginning, like, you know, they were writing the song and she said, it just felt like the presence of the Lord took over. Like the presence of the Lord takes over every single time that song plays like every single time I believe every single time somebody plays that song the presence of the Lord takes over like when she says um you know may his favor be upon you um in a thousand generations your family and your children and their children and their children oh mm, every time I get to that part I'm just like I'm ready to run I'd be in my car driving to work like yeah like ready to get out the car and just take off running it's so good it's so good i cried when i saw the video the first time i saved the video because i like the live version from the video they're both on spotify it's live but they cut it off and what really this is what got me and like okay so what got me was at the end of the video so i know very well like my pastor he gives his little cues and stuff and sometimes like Sometimes his cues can be mistaken for him being annoyed or, like, angry. And sometimes he is annoyed and angry. Um, But sometimes his cues are really distracting. So, like, it really takes us, the praise team, out of worship sometimes. But, so, and I think that's it for any pastor. Um, The only pastor I've ever seen, well, two pastors that I've ever seen not distract their worship team um, when they're trying to give cues is my old pastor, Pastor Decker. um, And... Actually, Pastor Michael Todd and um, Pastor Cornelius Lindsay, I've seen them both like when worship is high at their church and like they, they're really slick with it. Pastor, Pastor Cornelius, he kind of lets his, he, they vibe, like they know what to do because he kind of lets his worship leader like go where they're going to go and then he'll kind of give them a cue and like his wife is really good at that too. She'll kind of give him a look and she'll be like, okay, like, but um, 
So Pastor Stephen Furtick got up there and like, he can't help it. It's his personality, which is kind of how I feel about my pastor. Like, it's just his personality. He can't help it. So he gets up there and like, um, of course he helped them write the song. So he comes on the stage and like, he low key looks mad. Like he low key looks like he's trying to like get control over the situation and be like, all right, let's calm down. Like, let's get ready to move into the service. But he's, he's actually, um, singing the words to himself. And I didn't catch it until, like, the second time I watched the video. But he was singing the words to himself. And it looked like he was mad because at one point he was like, May his favor be upon you. And, like, he was saying the words. And he looked mad. And it looked like he was looking at the camera like, Come on, like, put that camera, you know, over here. But he wasn't. He was just singing that part. And he was like, I feel that, you know. Because he, I mean, he has kids. Like, your family, your children, their children, their children. Um, So he was, he was just into it. He was just into it. And he was just singing the words. But, like... It can be interpreted. That's why when worship is going on, you don't need to be concerned about what other people are doing. You need to be focused on you and the Holy Spirit because that was definitely, that was a moment that was between Pastor Stephen Furtick and the Lord and it was intimate between them. Although it looked like a different thing to us looking on the outside, it was something totally different. And when you're paying attention to what other people are doing instead of worshiping, that's how things get started and that's how mess gets going around the church because somebody else could be not you know not paying attention to the holy spirit but paying attention to the pastor and being like pastor was so mad i guess he was trying to get control and it's like no he was trying to let the holy spirit take control he was trying to let go um but that's just his personality that's just how he is like he wasn't mad at all he was just that's just his personality but what really got me was at the end they were gonna end the song like they were starting to end the song and he was like come on come on come on come on and he was like um May his favor and like he oh god I don't know if Pastor Stephen Furtick can actually sing but he never really does sing so I don't peg him for a singer um also I know what he sounds like when he talks so I definitely don't peg him for a singer but um <laughs> he just started like kind of like singing it like soft you know it's like may his favor be upon you and then like it started to build up and he just let out this big note he just held this big note at the end of it and he led them right back into worship and I was like I was gone because for me when people who don't normally sing or people who don't really have the gift um to sing you know that that's God and you know that that's worship when they come up in a song and they just let go like that like I was just like I was gone I was like (laughs) so yes the blessing by Elevation Worship and Kari Job is so good it's gonna bless your life um it blesses mine every day i stalked that song it was only on um the video itself was only on youtube for a while and i kept waiting and waiting and waiting for them to put it on spotify and when they did i was the first one i was like yes (laughs) i found it (laughs) so it is so good it is so 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 good and um you're gonna love it make sure it's the live make sure you Go for the live version. If you can't find it on, like, Apple Music or... Well, you should find it on Apple Music, but if you use, like, Amazon Music and it's only on Unlimited and you don't have Unlimited or you don't have Spotify, just find it on YouTube. The Blessing by Elevation Worship and Kari Job. Woo-cha! Bless him. And actually, let me just say, um, since we're on the subject of the blessings, um, if you do want to find the video on my YouTube channel, Aislinn Wade... I have a playlist that is public. Anybody can see it. Anybody can view it. Um, it's called Quiet Time. And it has a little like book emoji. And that I put that playlist there specifically for when you're having your quiet time with the Lord, when you're studying. Um, and that song 
that video is in the playlist. So you can go check it out there if you want to find it. It is there in the playlist. And then also, um, just if you need a playlist to play in the background while you're having your quiet time, you're having your study time, like you're having your alone and intimate time with the Lord, like please feel free to use that playlist. I also made another playlist on Spotify. It is also public. So if you look for me on Spotify, Aislinn Wade, um, you should find me. I don't know what the picture looks like, but it's me. Let me see. I'm gonna look right now. I'm gonna tell you. I think it's my Facebook picture. So it's like, I guess I won't know. Well, yep. It's like me and like, I have two high puffs. It's Aislinn J. Wade and it's me and two high puffs. And I have my little peace sign fingers up. I'm doing the duck face. Um, if you go on my Spotify, that playlist is public. It's called Quiet Time as well. It's got way more songs in it than the one on YouTube, but that playlist is public. So if you need something to play in the background during your quiet time, your study time, your Jesus time, definitely check out Quiet Time on my YouTube and my Spotify. So yeah, that's the flavor in your ear. <laughs> um, I love music and I love I love music and I just love sharing. So that's why I really added that segment. Um, so I'm going to segue into the topic. So just kind of going with, um, well, this kind of fits. So the reason why I chose to add Flava in your ear is because I've been going back and forth about like starting a blog and like, to be honest with you, like you see that I'm not always consistent with this podcast. And so for me to try to blog on top of that and have enough pictures and stuff to use, like, mm -mm. mm mm-mm. So, but I wanted to, I was like, I would love to do like a little music blog and just blog about like what I'm listening to and like what I like and blah, blah, blah. So flavor in your ear was the perfect, perfect segment. I think to add to this podcast because I can always have something new every week. And like, I'm sharing good music with you guys, you know what I mean? Stuff that you guys might like. And I'm able to do the same thing. I'm just not writing about it. I'm telling you about it verbally and words. So that just seemed, it just seemed perfect. And the reason it seemed perfect is because obviously the new name of the podcast is just a teller. And um, the reason that I say it like that is because there's a lot of jokes that fly around um, at my job surrounding one person who sometimes acts like some of us are beneath said person and so um I always joke because I don't think I don't think it's a secret I like to help I'm always here to help and if we hired somebody new at my job tomorrow like I would be willing to be there and help them and spread as much knowledge as I know myself and just help them you know I'm always willing to help you know I don't know everything but I know enough to be able to help somebody who needs my help and so that's just my personality but, um, I, right now, first of all, I don't even really know how I would even grow in my company. And I'm not, it's bad to say, and if anybody who is above, who, um, is in a higher position at work listens to this, like, don't take this the wrong way. I still love my job and I still come to work bright eyed, bushy tailed and ready to work every single day. But like, I don't really want to grow. Like, I don't want to be anybody's lead teller. I don't necessarily want to be a service manager or a branch manager. Now, one thing I did say is... Although someone said, they're like, you should be an auditor where, like, I go around and audit. I wouldn't mind that, but I can't trust myself because I'm too lax. Like, yes, I know that there are certain things that need to be in place and there are certain things that people need to know. 
But, like, I'm so lax because I know how nervous people get when it's audit time that I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, that I would just be like, okay, everybody take a chill pill. And, like, when I have to ask you the questions, like, I would let it slide if you got it wrong. Like, yeah, everybody would be passing and getting bonuses if I was your auditor. But one thing I did say is I was like, I wouldn't mind being a corporate trainer. Now, I love training. I love training. I used to train at my old job when I was in marketing. And I loved that. Like, I loved going from office to office to office and like getting to train like the new people I loved it I was so good at it and one of the girls that worked um under another girl that I hired at that job she was like you were such a good trainer like these people need to listen to you when you're talking because like you know what you're talking about and it's true like I just love I love making people feel comfortable and that's where I was at home I loved training and part of me at one point towards the end of my time there, I was trying to get my boss to see, like, hey, I love training. Like, let me just be, like, a trainer. Like, let's work something out. But he he was not even concerned about me. But that's a conversation for another time. Um, but I did say to a coworker, I was like, you know, I'd love to be, like, a corporate trainer. Like, I would love to just go from branch to branch or from this big, from this Wells Fargo, from this bank corporate office to this bank corporate office to that, you know what I mean? And just like train people. Like I would love to do that. I'd love to do like big teller conferences or something like that would be fun. Um, but it's not like my dream or anything. It would just be fun to do. Like I would love to train people. Um, so especially now in the midst of, um, this Corona situation at this new branch that I'm at, um, so our branch got closed down. Um, just due to, we just want to eliminate lots of traffic. Our branch got closed down and then another branch got closed down in our district. So they consolidated us into the ones that were left. And so the one that I'm at is typically a busier one anyway. And so I joke with the service manager there and I was like, look, I can't do anything. I don't know how to do anything like deposits and withdrawals. That's all I can do. And if it's over a certain amount, I can't count. So I don't want you to expect anything from me. I'm just a teller. And so before that... (laughs) I had made that same comment to my cousin when I was in Dallas. And um, when I went to visit my cousin in Texas, I, my cousin was like, you should move out here. And I was like, I want to move out here. And um, I was like, but I don't want to have to transfer to another bank out here, you know, same company. I don't want to transfer because then they're going to be calling my boss and asking them, you know, this, that, and the other. And then they're going to find out that I know how to do stuff that I shouldn't know how to do because I'm advanced. I don't need them to know that because I'm just a teller and I need them to expect nothing but that from me. And so that became a thing because the way I just said it in the heat of moment, I was like, don't expect anything from me because I'm just a teller. And my cousin was geeked. And so, like, that was our thing all week. Like, I was just like, I'm just a teller. I'm just a teller. And, like, that's how I carried that over to this branch now. Or, like, don't expect anything from me because I'm just a teller. And that's it. <laughs> and so, um, my co- I just, you know, I felt like I needed to trademark that. Like, it's just so funny. And <laughs> it was so funny how it happened. So I was like, I need to trademark this. Like, this is my thing. And I want to... I want to make it my thing. So I went back and forth with making that a blog, like the Just a Teller blog. And then I was just like, you know, although I'm, I feel like I'm a great writer, um, I just don't have that kind of time. I don't have time for a blog. And to be honest, I don't think you guys would read it. <laughs> so this is my thing. Podcasting is my thing. And I had to find a way to make it work. And I went back and forth and back and forth with what I was going to do with this. And um, I knew I had to incorporate just a teller somehow, but I couldn't figure it out. And I was just like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And so I finally came to a point when I said, okay, this is it. I'm going to change the name of the podcast because, and, um, 
pretty much, I was worried that obviously the name of the podcast was Podcast 31. Before that, it was the Bible Brunch Podcast. And so it was always very obvious what the podcast was about. Even Podcast 31, like I said, like, we're helping women become more like the Proverbs 31 woman and blah, 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 blah. And like, that's, I can still do that. And I still do that through Bible brunch. Like nothing has changed. Like just because I changed the name doesn't mean that I change what I believe. Like I still believe the same thing and we're still going to grow into Proverbs 31 women. But the difference is that like, I don't have to smack you upside the head with a Bible to help you grow into the Proverbs 31 woman. Yes, of course we base everything off of the scripture and what it says, but, um, Changing the name of the podcast does not change who I am. It does not change what I believe, and it does not change the values of this podcast. But what it did, what it did do, is offer up a more creative approach. And so, like things that would have been blog props and blog topics for me, I now write them down in their podcast topics. So that means more podcasts. It means more fun. Um, I feel a little bit more laid back now that I feel like I don't have to like be very like straight laced like Proverbs 31 like no like I'm still a Proverbs 31 woman and we are still going to grow and be Proverbs 31 women together um but we're going to have fun while we do it and there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> so um that's how just to tell it came about and so every time I say the name of course I'm going to try to say it like that because that was just the little voice that I used just to tell it my god everyone's working in a dev and i just can't take it like i don't know why you're asking me to do a cashier's check i don't know how to do that because i'm just a teller 20 hours so um but the point is is that it's okay to make changes it's okay to change your mind it's okay to grow like i'm always growing i'm always evolving and like this is a serious trademark for me like there was another podcast 31 as well um and although the context was not similar at all, like, to be honest with you, Podcast 30, the one day when Bible Brunch grows into something much bigger, it will still be Bible Brunch and it will still be the Bible Brunch Conference. And we can still, that we can still center that around becoming more of a Proverbs 31 woman. But this is my podcast and I want it to be unique to me. Um, I want it to be trademarked, trademarketable. Is that a word? There we go. Um, and I want it to be like brand, like I want to brand it. Like this is my brand. This is my thing. I'm stamping my name all over this. And so I want to make sure that I'm giving myself credit while continuing to do what I set out to do. And so it's okay to change. Like it's, there's nothing wrong with me making a change. There's nothing wrong with me changing the name. Like sometimes that's how it has to be. Sometimes we got to make changes and that's fine. And we adapt. Now, of course, we hope that this time when I change the artwork, um, Apple Podcasts will catch up and it will stop showing you the Bible Brunch Podcast artwork because that's annoying. Um, but if it doesn't, we're going to make it work. I'm going to find a way to fix it. So, but yeah. So, as I wrap up, closing remarks would be that change is good, change is great. And sometimes, like, it's the most unexpected changes that are the best changes. So, don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to take a leap. And you know what? The best thing about it is, if just a teller didn't, doesn't work out, guess what? We can always go back to being Podcast 31. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, but I believe just a teller is the thing. Will there be just a teller conferences? No, probably not. But there will be Bible brunch conferences one day. And um, 
we'll live podcast on those conferences and it'll be fun. <laughs> so um, maybe there will be a Just a Teller conference. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's okay to make necessary changes. No matter how big or how small, it's totally fine. And if anyone wants to judge you for that, then bump them. Like, they don't, other people don't get to make a say in your life and how it goes. And like, yeah, it might be, some people might be annoyed and they might be like, oh my God, you're always changing this. You're always changing that. Oh my God, you're the worst. But like, if that's how you feel, then step. Like, I don't have to appease you and I don't have to please you. Like, you, you don't make me who I am. You don't define me. So stand strong, stand firm, and um, be confident in your change. Be confident in what you do. All right? It's your choice. It's no one else's choice. It's your choice. As long as God is guiding you to it and he's giving you the okay, you do what's necessary. And don't feel like you have to conform for the world. Don't feel like you have to you have to do something because other people are who are in your lane are doing that. Or other people have made money off of doing this or they've had growth off of doing that. No. Like, no, you don't have to reinvent the wheel either, but you don't have to do it just because someone else is doing it. You do what works for you. Okay? So don't change for anybody. Don't do it just because the crowd is doing it. And uh, you're going to be all right. (laughs) So thank you guys for being here. Um, You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to be here listening to me ramble on and on and on and on and on. So for that, I am eternally grateful. And um, you know where to find me. Aislinn Wade on everything that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, everywhere. I don't Snapchat too much, but I am going to start singing more on my Instagram, so there you go. You have a little song! <laughs> um, A's and on everything, and if you're looking for some healthy recipes, go ahead and follow. I need to get more active on there, but Limitless Health, Limitless underscore Health 1114 on Instagram. And of course, if you want to keep up with this podcast, please follow 412 on the Insta to the Grams. That's 412. And, um... We're going to make it, folks. We're going to be all right. (laughs) Everything's going to be okay. So thank you guys again. Don't forget to follow. And hey, share this podcast with someone. Share it with someone who needs to hear it. Share it with someone who's struggling with change, who's struggling with trying to conform to be like everybody else. And um, make sure you, of course, give it a thumbs up if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give it five stars. If it's not worth five stars, give it four or three. Let me know so I know how to improve. Make sure you leave a comment so I know how to improve. Comment on the podcast. Tell me what you think. Tell me if you love it. Tell me if you don't. And share, share, share it with your friends because guess what? If you love it, someone else is going to love it just as much as you do and someone else might need to hear it just as much as you needed to hear it. All right. I will see you guys in the next one. Bye.